It's time to go bull speed ahead with Michael Kelly. Here we go. Each week, the vice president of athletics takes you inside the goings-on at USF, sits down with a special guest. We even break a little news from time to time. All right. Bull Speed Ahead is presented by TGH. Three, two, one. Here's your host, Derek Sharp. Well, we got a lot to get to on this episode of Bull Speed Ahead, a special guest that kind of goes along with a lot of other things. Today being College Colors Day, we hope you're wearing green as you're listening to this. Corey Moss is coming up in our second segment. But before we get there, Michael, some uh, broadcasting news happens to be on the radio side, which I know a little bit about, television-wise as well, and the master plan. So let's just go in that order. <laughs> you kind of kept dropping hints this week. Things are coming. Things are coming. At the beginning of the week, the new radio deal with the new FM partner, that's big for us. Yeah, it really is. It's been a huge week for business, um, you know, business-related matters here, here at USF Athletics, getting a lot of great news, got a lot of great things done, and just can't thank uh, all of our staff working so hard on these deals, our partners at Vinick Sports Group and everything, doing so much great things. But as you said, on Monday, the first news to drop of the week was uh, a brand-new uh, radio partnership, uh, particularly for uh, you know our live broadcast of USF uh, football, but then obviously for the extension of all of our digital channels, which you know an awful lot about and makes up a big part of your life, Derek. But uh, uh, but the be able to continuation of, of our Bulls Unlimited things are great. So we're proud to announce that we've got a three-year radio partnership uh, inked with uh, Cox Media Group, which the main station there is 102.5 The Bone, which has an amazing reach. Uh, you know, reaches uh, you know really a long a long stretch not only throughout the entire five-county region of Tampa Bay, uh, but, but but even reaching down further than that. So great for that signal. Uh, but then obviously what we've done somewhat as pioneers in the, in the space nationwide is that we'll continue on with our digital channels and, and uh, be able to do that. And you can find you know, Bulls Unlimited uh, through uh, the NAP is kind of the main way to, uh, to move forward. So proud of that. I appreciate, again, the help of so many to make that uh, happen. And, again, big, great first news to start the week earlier on Monday. You are an FM person. I grew up an AM and FM person. Yes, you can be in your car and hear 102.5 FM. Also, Bulls Unlimited, uh, like Michael alluded to, will still – 24-7, and we actually start off our pregame show at 2 o'clock, two hours before kickoff. You can only hear that first hour on Bulls Unlimited. Thanks for pointing out it's now on TuneIn, which is a wonderful partner of ours. I kind of knew this was coming down the pike as well. Uh, a new television program, or not a new television program in the fact that you guys have had one before, but it's been a few years, and now every Sunday Bulls fans are going to have a special treat via the TV media. Yeah, again, a big part of our uh, mission is to uh, engage with the community and to have a lot more storytelling regarding our student-athletes and our coaches and everything here inside the Selman Center. So we're excited. Uh, we've been talking with WFLA and with WTTA for many years now. We thought we were about ready to launch one uh, like this back before uh, the pandemic, and then with all the things related to that, it just became, uh, uh, with our budgets and with just the time and, and just the realities of what we could could do at the time, uh, just kind of delayed, a little bit of delayed gratification. But now we're excited uh, to announce we'll have a show called uh, Horns Up, USF All Access. It'll air for the first time each week on Sundays at 9 o'clock on WTTA, uh, Great 38. And, and then we'll be able to break up segments of that and be able to show uh, for those that uh, may miss it, the, f the first airing of it through some of our social platforms and our YouTube channel. But, uh, again, it's just a great way to, to be able to give timely and storytelling features done in a first-class way. Um, you know, again, continue to spread the good news, spread the good news, and to share the great stories about uh, our, our USF student athletes. Another exciting bit from the radio deal is that uh, now fans are going to be able to once again 
be part of the Jeff Scott Show. It's been a couple of years, so on uh, Wednesday nights, uh, se- select throughout the course of the season. We'll give more details, obviously, on Bulls Unlimited, but World of Beer is going to be the host of the show on Fowler Avenue. We'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks because that's when it's actually going to be in front of us. Oh, before we get into the big news that was dropped on Thursday, let's discuss what's coming up on Saturday. I know it seems like this huge buildup for the football game, and I just got to ask you for your emotions. I'm sure there's tremendous excitement, maybe a little nerves. How are you feeling? And can you wait? Yeah, I can't wait for the opening day on, on, on Saturday. It's a huge, huge opportunity for us and a huge challenge. But uh, anytime you can have a top 25 team roll into uh, Raymond James Stadium, take on the Bulls, is a great opportunity. Our, our players and staff have been working really hard to uh, get ready for this and just ready for our fans to pack the house best they can. Let's make it a, uh, a great home field advantage for our Bulls and let's uh, Let's go knock off a, a ranked team and get the season started off in a, in a great way. But huge opportunity. We were had a very competitive game with them last uh, last year out at their place. We uh, won a very exciting game against them a couple of years ago. So I think our fans remember that well. But uh, again, it's a huge chance to uh, start the season in, uh, on a great note. But I can't wait to see us go out there and perform. If you all were listening to us a couple of weeks ago on Bull Speed Ahead, we had just come out of a, an all-staff meeting, and basically I said there, there's some very exciting things to look forward to. We couldn't reveal them all. Well, on Thursday, a lot of those things got revealed on the website, GoUSFBulls.com, and we're talking about two different areas of tremendous growth. But the one that people, I think, are going to gravitate towards and are probably clicking on as we're talking about this right now because it's a visual medium and it's very exciting, the facilities master plan. I know this has been in the works. Now that it's out there, give people an idea of its importance and really how cool some of the future facilities are looking. Yeah, it's very exciting. We've all talked in previous episodes, and anyone that will listen to me realizes how, um, how I feel that this is a pivotal time in college athletics, a pivotal time for USF athletics. And uh, for us to, uh, you know, kind of uh, launch uh, aggressively and strategically into the future, is a, is a, it's, it's very important. And uh, uh, our staff and all of our, uh, uh, from top to bottom, through surveys, through uh, interviews, through a lot of things over the past year, have really done a good job of uh, taking a look at the university strategic plan, understanding the role that athletics plays in that, and then taking it more uh, on a microcosmic level in terms of what we need to do and figure out what we need to do need to do to be successful. And I know we've talked a lot about the on-campus stadium, and that's going to be great, and that's 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 a major focal point of this. But that's not in and of itself the only thing we need to focus on, and that's why uh, you'll see uh, you know great plans for renovations for so many different uh, facilities that uh, we've got, including the new beach volleyball facility. But really, every sport has something that we know we need to work to improve upon. And getting uh, working hard with our facilities management team here at USF, our facilities staff and athletics, O Sports, a great uh, architectural firm, uh, c- came to help us with this project as well. And it allows us to, again, paint the picture, paint the vision. And uh, for us to be successful, it requires us, and certainly in my chair, to be able to paint that vision and, and give our staff the tools necessary to uh, get people to join the, join the stampede, so to speak. So some of the things that you'll see in the facility plan have already been done. We've talked aggressively what's been done in the last year. Uh, year or so, uh, but some things are in the works right now, and some things are things that you have to have a vision for to be able to complete and, and, and find funding for to be able to make it happen. But all of them are important. All of them are things that I think are essential for our success, and together, uh, I always think that if you lay out uh, a game plan and, and uh, you can share it uh, very transparently with what uh, we think we need, uh, you're undoubtedly going to find people that want to support certain projects, and I'm hopeful that more than anything, 
this will excite our fan base, realize there is a unified vision for what I think we need to do to accomplish this, and that our team's ready to go to work. And as we do that, getting input and, and ultimately uh, support uh, from, from donors and businesses in the, in the community to help us make this vision become a reality is going to be essential to our success. But we're off to a great start. Many things have happened already, and I think you can't help but get excited when you see kind of the fly-throughs and some of the renderings that are on our site to realize that, wow, not only is that great to become a first-class uh, athletic department in terms of, a, but as, as I've preached before in many things, I, I think once this, once this master plan and vision come together, we really will have one of the finest athletic districts in, in, in all of college sports, and that's what we aspire to be uh, as soon as we can get there. So uh, encourage our fans to take a look at it. It's exciting, and uh, all of our sports had a, had a hand in it, and that's what I love, love the most. They, they've all kind of decided and helped us guide what we think is important for the future of their respective sports, which ultimately leads into the comprehensive excellence that we seek at USF Athletics. All of the sports are at the top. The website specifically, you can go right to it, is GoUSFBullsMP.com, standing for Master Plan. And no, if you click on On Campus Stadium, you're not going to see renderings. We've <laughs> talked about that is in the planning and development stages before we get there. And you also mentioned how it's just going to be an athletics district and the beach volleyball to me, and it's the furthest one away, right, besides, besides the on-campus stadium, uh, but right in the middle next to the Yingling Center. Do you know who's, uh, whose idea that was? Because I think it looks great. Well, I'll take some credit for that nice. one, uh, only because I felt that uh, that's a piece of uh, land in our area that uh, is very convenient to where uh, I think our athletes walk, walk by going to the Champions Choice, where our current volleyball program walks by to the corral entrance, and it's just a piece of land that I uh, – Outside of being used for Greenbergopolis back when I was uh, associate AD here years ago, uh, since we haven't done that lately, I'm, I, th I thought it was a perfect place to uh, have a very convenient place, yet an attractive one to put our uh, volleyball facility, beach volleyball facility. Well, just so you know, I also sometimes cut across that land, but I will not walk across the beach courts. It's fine. You can use it for that. Uh, before we get to our second segment and our special guest today, uh, the other part of the, the news that was unveiled, and I thought this was very interesting as far as the strategic plan. And, you know, when people think of a plan, they think of in terms of, oh, it's got to be a three-year plan or a five-year plan. This is a one-year plan. Sort of get into that and uh, get into more of the details of it. Yeah, I want people to take a look at that strategic plan because uh, you know things have been changing so rapidly in college sports that uh, I don't think our goals are necessarily going to change on it, but the strategies and tactics are probably going to change all the time based on what our, our budgets are going to be like, what our fundraising is doing, what rules might change. So I think when people look at it, they should, they should think about it in that, in that manner. What we envision as our main goal strategies and tactics for this, this particular uh, academic year, but I would still look at the goals that you see there, the five main goals as ones that will be common themes throughout but it's really the uh, priority and strategic strategies and tactics that will change from year to year. But I think it gives, uh, we called it bullseye. It allows us to keep us uh, focused, laser focused on, on the targets at, at, at hand. And uh, again, this is just a, a manner of which we've taken a lot of time coming out of the pandemic, evaluating the current landscape in college athletics to say, hey, these are the things we need to do better. Uh, these are the things we need to stay focused on and, and we will find the, uh, you know, deliver on them the, the very best that we can. Uh, and that's that's where it takes all of us. All of us have a role to play, and uh, look forward to again. This is this is my job to lay out a roadmap uh, that we think we need to take on to be successful, and uh, hopefully everyone embraces it and finds ways to find the the right way in which they can get involved, fans included. I love that it's available for everybody to check out at GoUSFBulls.com. I see you've got a Microsoft Teams call coming up with a special guest. I'll let you get over to your computer and welcome in Corey Moss as Bulls Speed Ahead, presented by Tampa General Hospital, continues. 
For almost two decades, Tampa General has been named one of the nation's best hospitals by U.S. News and World Report. This year in seven specialties, ear, nose, and throat, diabetes and endocrinology, gastroenterology and GI surgery, obstetrics and gynecology, orthopedic surgery, pulmonology and lung surgery, and rehabilitation. Tampa General Hospital. Other hospitals practice medicine. We define it. Full Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly continues. All right. Well, on today's episode of Full Speed Ahead, uh, and it's apropos that we're doing it on this day because it's College Colors Day, which we're going to get to in a little bit. Um, but uh, a friend of mine for really almost more than 20 years is uh, Mr. Corey Moss, who is the CEO of what's called uh, CLC, which is Collegiate Licensing Company, which he'll get into in a minute. But Corey, thank you so much for taking a few moments to be with us today. Oh, thank you for the invitation. I am I am honored and thrilled to be on with you. Obviously, we go way, way back to uh, many, many years. Like you said, I can't believe it's been over 20. But uh, yeah, we I got all I got all the skeletons in your closet. If anybody wants to know about <laughs> that's those. true. Well, <laughs> good, good news is that, I, you know, you, you were only like 10 years old when we, we started. So you're still a young man, but I, but I no longer am. And uh, the listeners should know too, not only has Corey obviously moved up in his career to become this this lofty position and business leader, but uh, his wife actually is part of this uh, relationship too, in that she used to be a key player on the NCAA uh, basketball committee staff. And, and we had a chance to work with her back when the, uh, when the Final Four was here in, in, in Tampa back in 1999. So <laughs> she's my much better half, and I know you like her more than you like me for sure. <laughs> Not true. Not true. We love you both the same, but she's a little faster than you, though. I think. No question. Uh, Kendall was a was a track star at the University of Texas. But anyways, for the point of here, we, Corey, we, we have uh, at USF, our, our fans are really passionate and excited to learn more about the merchandise industry, the licensing industry, uh, really trying to figure out, hey, quite frankly, how, how can we get more product? How can we uh, expand our, our variety and offerings? And and, and, and really what that starts with for, for me is education and what better than to have our partner with you guys in CLC and with you uh, having so much knowledge to kind of help us educate. And that's what we're here to do today. So thanks for, for joining us. If we can start with the basics again, CLC, the company you run right now, um, just just give us kind of the uh, elevator speech about because it's a really interesting story about how it really started the company and then how it grows and how, how many colleges and events do you serve now? Yeah, I mean, it's really an amazing story. I know you've you've heard it before, and I'll try and, and condense it as much as I can, but it started in the early 80s by Bill Battle, who um, what, used to play football for Bear Bryant at the University of Alabama, went on to become the head coach at the University of Tennessee. And when he was done with that, he, uh, you know, he started trying to, uh, he was on this company where a window treatment company or window company and Bear Bryant was on the board and Bear Bryant was at the time getting ready to to beat um, Alonzo Stagg and become the winningest coach in college football. And Bear Bryant kind of said, hey, I'm doing these things. I really don't like, you know, working with my agent. I really want somebody, you know, because he was getting hit up to come and talk to a lot of people and wanted to use his name, image and likeness. And he said, look, I don't want to do anything, but my agent keeps telling me I do. And Bill said, you know, hey, coach, I'll, I'll help you, 
you do that. I kind of know a little bit about the business. And and so as people wanted to use Bear Bryant's name, image, and likeness, they also wanted to obviously combine that with the University of Alabama. So Bill went searching at the University of Alabama to see how he could find someone to use the marks and the logos of the University of Alabama. And they were just starting a licensing program. And so he went to Alabama and said, hey, let me help you do this while I'm trying to help Coach Bryant. And from that point on, it was a, a marriage made in heaven. And it went from Alabama to Ole Miss to the entire ACC to now where this company started in 1981 to now it's uh, 2022 where we're representing 800 colleges and universities. Everybody from USF to the college football playoff to the NCAA and all its championships events. We represent about 30 bowl games, the Heisman Trophy. And so it's all built from that, you know, one interaction with Coach Brian and Bill Battle back in 1981, if you can believe that. Incredible story, incredible growth. And and obviously that was that's great not only for the revenue potential it brings a university or a client or an event. Um, you know, but it but it obviously was able to bring some compliance to it, if you will, too, because before that, not only was there missed revenue opportunities, but there was just people, uh, you know, making money off of different people's brands and and, and today's yeah. era name, image, and likeness. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Will. They were there were a lot of folks that you had to go out and say, hey, look, the university owns this brand. We need to license that out to you. You can't continue to do the different things that you want that may not be in compliance with what the university wants. And so, yeah, there was a huge enforcement uh, mechanism that needed to be done to get people into compliance. And that was kind of the bulk of the business for probably the first 10 to 15 years. And then now, how do we, as you got more manufacturers in, on board doing product, more retailers, because back then it was just kind of the campus bookstore. But as you know, you walk for USF product, whether it's Dick's Sporting Goods or other off-campus stores, Target or whatever it may be, there's just more places to obviously sell products. So now, you know, those those first 15 years are focused on enforcement. But then after that, it was like, how can we build? There's more consumers out there. How do we figure out where they are and who they are and get the right product in place um, to where they want to to purchase it? And so that's primarily what it's about. There's still a ton of enforcement involved, but that's primarily online. We used to, you know, go to the top football games, bowl games, championships and you know, we're out on the streets and stopping those bootleggers selling, you know, T-shirts and stuff out of duffel bags. As you know, we used to do that at the, at the Final Four in the CFP when you were there. Um, but then, you know, now there's a, a, a big online component um, of enforcement because there's a lot of companies that are selling not very good product online. And so you don't know what you're getting until you get it. And so, and they're pocketing that money and it's not going back to support, you know, all the things that are supporting the USF program, you know, here at the university. That's the great uh, overall, you know, historical summary. And again, it's yeah. shifting from, uh, again, enforcement, what still exists to now really going into full growth mode and identifying new opportunities and something you do for, I mean, amazingly over 800 <laughs> clients and counting. <laughs> But so so because you do represent USF, we're obviously mutually aligned and wanting to wanting to grow, which is great because our fans, you know, want us to grow. But the first key uh, before we even talk about retail is it starts with the licensees. And uh, when we talk about manufacturers or licensees, my last count on a recent report was I think we had 194 different ones that were working with USF, which might stagger people's mind because I think people think, oh, it's just it's just Adidas and maybe Champion or something like that. But 
every product from a you know a dog leash to a, a garden flag to <laughs> to yes. the, the great sideline merch that you want all are you know all have to have licensees associated with it so right. t- tell us how a different company or manufacturer goes about becoming a licensee first and foremost and then we'll shift to how that ultimately leads to uh, what goes into uh, retailing and how we yeah. can sell more product you know well starting out they come through a, a, a big evaluation process that's in combination with us and usf and so we're looking at everything from a product quality to a marketing plan a distribution plan credit references all of the things that go go into that so if we find a great company and then it's also what does the university need so we're also looking at different product categories where they may not currently have a licensee or they may not have a current licensee that actually sells to a specific retailer that wants to carry usf products. so it's really analyzing the entire marketplace and figuring out does this company have the capabilities to do what it needs to do to get usf product to the marketplace once we do that then they start to go through a process of creating usf product colors designs proper logo use all of that and then goes into it and then they have to go out and and pitch to retailers like a dick sporting goods like a target like the university bookstore the athletic shop here's the products that they want to offer and so they are working with the retailers kind of going back and forth about the what's the best product to bring in and so as you said as you said it goes everything from dog leashes to to um, to garden signs to t-shirts to to hoodies even to nfts i know we talked about those um that have been in the in the news so it's any product category and then once that process kind of gets approved through not only the the staff there usf through us but then also once the retailer agrees to buy it, then the licensee and the manufacturer has to go make that. And so there's a lot of supply chain manufacturers, whether it's overseas or domestic, that then get involved. But as you know, we've been through this really challenging time with supply chains and shipping uh, primarily. And so they kind of have to work through all of those challenges that we've kind of experienced now as we've gone through COVID to actually get those products to market. So that used to be a little bit easier than it is now because we have shipping issues, cost of goods have gone up, there's a raw material shortage, there's um, ability to ship shortages. And then as retailers now have dealt with some of those challenges, They've had to place different orders with different licensees, and now sometimes product can be hard to get, or sometimes after you make all those orders, it can flood the marketplace. And so we have to deal with a lot of those those challenges, but that's kind of the process that it goes from manufacturer getting a license, getting approved, starting to make product, offering it up to retail, retail trying to decide what its consumers are looking for, and then trying to put the right product in front of them that entices them to buy. I hadn't even gotten into the marketing of the product and trying to to, uh, make sure that consumers know where to get it and how to get it and what's available. I know we'll talk a little bit about what we do there, but um, that's that's the primary logistics around actually from a product being from start to actually showing up on a retail shelf. Great summary and addresses. Obviously, I think the current conditions of the of the economics of the world are kind of at least explaining probably some inventory levels, uh, certainly, and, and maybe the time it takes to get to to shelf, so to speak. But again, the, the process is still and that's the same. Uh, one thing that might just out of curiosity, I mean, of, of course, anytime, you know, again, we've got approximately 200 licensees. So whatever that product is, when they bring an idea to mind and, and bring that um, 
you know, mock-up, if you will, to, uh, to to get basically approved by folks here at the university. But I imagine there's a whole team of people for all the different universities you serve, and certainly for those that, that work on USF's account specifically at CLC that uh, do nothing every day but to really pour through samples and and drawings and everything is that how how it works yeah for for sure we have a we have a our company is is about a hundred plus um staff here um that pours through all of those things and really tries to make sure that we're getting the right product um in the marketplace the one thing that i would like to say despite all of those challenges and this i think this speaks to the usf brand is how strong it is you guys kind of bucked the trends as far as sales have concerned during those COVID years. You had a lot of support from the alumni and the fans and the students during some very tough times. So where we saw a dramatic um, dip in kind of the overall industry for college licensed product, USF did not experience as large of a dip as the entire industry, which I think bodes well for how strong the brand is, how great your fans and alumni and students are. And so you're you're pretty much almost made it back to some of the pre-COVID levels, um, which is also bucking the trend. So I think, you know, obviously we pay attention to a lot of this. I know you do, but we're on the right trajectory. Um, and I think it it's goes to the, you know, the the uh, the loyalty and the passion um, that your fans and your alumni and your students have. Well, that's a good statement. Obviously, we, we're a young university. We're growing. We have a lot of alumni. Uh, so as we mature as an institution, this is these are important lessons to be able to learn from you to be able to be educated on how we move forward. So when we've talked about the licensees and, and as we get ready to talk retail a bit, so for our fans to realize like Follette is is, is basically the a major uh, bookstore operator nationwide, and they happen to be the one that we work with here at USS Bookstore. We work very closely with Fanatics, who's a national leader, certainly on an online and at major, major events. So we, we have them as our online retailer. But can you just off the top of your head, you know, those are probably our two biggest uh, outlets, but there's other major retailers that are involved that uh, you might have mentioned a few already, but just who, who's probably one of the bigger vendors nationally and locally for USF products. Those are two great great companies, um, the leaders really in the in the college space, both from Follett on the university bookstore um, perspective and then Fanatics, not only from the online space, but then obviously um, the team store that they that they run on some on some campuses as well. Obviously, Dick Sporting Goods is a huge um, retailer um, for college, along with ta uh, Target and Walmart are very extremely big, big players in the college space. That that kind of rounds out probably the top four or five um, there. And then obviously there's some local retailers as well, the rally houses of the world, the academies of the world um, that also uh, do a very good job. But um, those are those kind of round out the top ones, you know, where you can find the USF product. So when people, not to oversimplify this, but I'm actually curious. So, so when we have we, 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 obviously, if people have the right to make product. They have the ability to because they're a licensee. You've approved a product at CLC, or we have. Um, and then, as you said, then they go to retail to say, all right, they sell to the stores first or to online providers to see how much they want want, want to buy, right? So, so what yeah. kind of? I know you're not necessarily the buyer on the retail side, but what kind of questions go into that? How do they decide? How much product are they basically willing to take risk on? I, I assume is really what it comes down to. I, I can even get even super simple for you. It boils down to the consumers and what the consumers want. And so simply one thing that I would challenge your students, alum, fans, that when they go into, if they're going into a store and they see some USF product that they 
like or don't like. If they like it, they need to buy it. If they don't like it, it's very important to tell, to give the retailer some feedback on what they would like to see or what they don't like a pro about a product, or if there's a product that they were interested in, to let them know that if they carried this, you know, that they they would um, buy that product. It's very important. Or even if they're walking into a retailer and they see no USF product, going and letting that store manager know or someone there know that, hey, I came in and it would be great if I had seen some USF product, maybe that looked like something else in the store, or if you saw that, that same product in USF, that would be great because those are the things that really move the needle. The worst thing that a consumer can do for USF is walk in a store, not see what they want, and then walk out. And the retailer has no feedback whatsoever. Those are the things that really change it um, as far as the types of products that are carried and whether or not they're carried or not. So I think that's probably one of the most important things that can be done is let it know, let it be known when you want something or let it be known when you, um, to, particularly to the retailers, because those are the ones that are making the decisions. They filter that information up and provide that feedback. Um, those are the ones that need to know most because those are ones that actually have the impact in making the decision. And they'll turn to the licensee and say, hey, I got a, we got a bunch of requests for this product or we got a bunch of requests from USF and we don't carry it in our currently in our store. We need to. And that's the type of things that really move the needle to to get improved selection of different types of products and get products in places where uh, maybe it's not currently carried. That's good advice. Obviously, go to the store manager when you're in that. Is, is there any other uh, besides tweeting Michael Kelly? Because that's what I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> how, how do they? Is there more even an official way to notify someone else or do, should, do we as athletics or university have to kind of provide that? I, again, I'd like to get a more organized pipeline of, of if there is that kind of desire yeah. to make sure we could give better information rather than just an anecdotal. Yeah, no, I definitely try. I definitely will try and save you <laughs> a few more tweets right, um, right. <laughs> and a few more flashes. That's definitely not the best way is to, <laughs> is to send a note to Michael Kelly. The best way is whether it's at the at the store level when you're in there or going on the Follett website or the Fanatics website or the Dick Sporting Goods, and they ask all of them have a place where customers can give feedback. And that is the best place to do it. Again, you don't have the relationship with the Dick's Sporting, Dick Sporting Goods spot buyer that is actually based in you know Pittsburgh, right? You don't have, you're not, Michael Kelly, not connected with the target buyer that's in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And so the way to do that is either directly with those stores or through their online where they can get um, consumer feedback. Okay, that's good. So there's basically on each one of those sites or go to the consumer feedback to kind yeah. of that, that probably the most, uh, yeah, most uh, effective way to, uh, uh, to do that. You touched on, you know, some of the maybe delays caused by the current you know, crises in, in, in the world, but even under best circumstances, can you describe quickly how, what's kind of the pro what is the normal buying process? Cause I, I think even for the fillets and, and Dixes of the world that, that that really have a lot of USF product, even they they have to make those decisions really quickly. So sometimes um, we put out a cool design or something, and I'll have people, you know, really want to say, hey, I, I want that, I'd buy it tomorrow. But if you see something today, it, it takes a while, right? I it mean, does. <laughs> the traditional buying cycle is probably a year in advance, right? So we're trying to let the retailers and the licensees know the things that are happening on campus 
as far as advance as we know. I know we're talking with you all about the Wear Green campaign and, and about getting more green product, USF green product out in the marketplace. We have to, as you know, we started that process a year ago um, and we're formulating our plans now, but we have to, again, prepare the licensees and prepare the retailers that, hey, there's gonna be this green, go green, this Wear Green campaign and you gotta be prepared with green merchandise. Um, in the store. And so we have to start 12 months in advance for things like that. Don't get me wrong. There are some, you know, print on demand type products and opportunities out there. You guys, we just announced a new relationship that you all have with Amazon and they now, you know, have an Amazon um, USF branded store on there. Um, and so there's some print on demand opportunities like that. But when we're talking about big campaigns or big initiatives that, hey, wearing green is important. Those are things that we need to get to every licensee. We can't just have one or two manufacturers with some print on demand capabilities doing those things. We really want to get that that everywhere. So it's really important that we do that. And that does take time. We're talking 12, 12 to nine months in advance, but but hopefully 12, honestly. Well, that's good, and that's just good education to understand the the, the yeah. business cycle normally. But hearing things like the Amazon deal, we have a small handful of alumni, kind of uh, more localized vendors that you've helped license yeah. that 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 could probably maybe have a little bit faster turnaround time because they're not maybe ordering the same yeah, type of. Yeah, the best thing about those is that they're doing the the production domestically. I, and like I said, when I was talking about that twelve month, that's where you have these huge supply chains, very large companies. But yes, that's why we rely so much on the local licensees and local retailers because they can turn things quicker um than than most but when you have something like we're talking about in that wear green campaign we want everybody to be able to take advantage of that opportunity as you mentioned earlier we're, we're nowhere where we, where we want to be yet uh, either neither clc or, or ourselves uh, but we're growing which is a good positive indicator one of the things that you know it was a better online presence we had really good efforts with fanatics doing some good uh, outreach just as clc did uh, the yeah. bookstore continues yeah. to get more and more inventory so those are two key factors but you also kind of helped launch uh, not only our traditional current logos and branding, but in the last year, uh, you know, emphasis for not only us, but many of your clients, uh, a college vault program, which uh, kind of takes a vintage look at that. Maybe talk to how that seemed to be another bolster to our efforts last year. Yeah, and that program is kind of twofold, Michael. One, as the university has evolved its brand, the brand that they started with, those things that we say are kind of, um, vintage kind of in this vault, so to speak, from a from a protection standpoint, we don't want to give up the use of those. We don't want someone taking those out and, and doing things on their own. So we want to make sure that we have a program that still goes back to the origins of the institution and the orange, origins of the logo that, that they used back then. And so we put it in this college vault program to one, make sure that people understand it's not necessarily the current brand, it's some things that are vintage, but we also want to create a very high quality, in some cases, very high fashion um, products that really speak to the vintage nature of those. And so we have a select group of licensees that are allowed to use those logos. Those don't cut across and allow every manufacturer that's licensed with USF to do that. 
but these are specific, those that are producing some higher end products, some better quality goods out there and utilizing this vintage mark. And so we've seen a lot of success across that. And that's a not only a national program that expands across multiple hundreds of institutions, but specifically for USF, we keep to continue to use the brand that originated, but also make sure it's on some high quality uh, products. That's great. Obviously, it is awesome to be able to protect it. And we had a lot of uh, you know demand that people did want some of those vintage logos that we yes. were able to bring back to the marketplace in the last year with a lot of different licensees. So that was really good to see. As I said, it's it's appropriately uh, timing wise that you're on with us th- th- this week because one of uh, CLC's brainchild, and I know you had a lot of influence in, was what's called College Colors Day. And, and uh, uh, not only is that a great way to kind of bring focus on the college sports licensing and uh, merchandising, uh, you know, opportunities, but it typically, uh, I'm sure, is one of the biggest sales days nationwide, and certainly is one of the bigger sales days for for USF product. But just talk about it, and maybe talk about specifically this year about what what you're excited about with College Colors Day. Well, it's about that time is the theme, and again, this is this is probably the most exciting thing. I'm glad you left some some time to talk about this, but College Colors Day is really our celebration we created this national holiday about 18 years ago and it's centered around back to school and the kickoff of college football and what is a better way than to show your spirit your pride your passion for your institution whether you went there you're just a fan it doesn't it doesn't matter your kids go there it doesn't really matter but this uh today we want everybody to put on their product their usf product and really show the world their passion and their pride and how much they love usf and then as they go out and on their social media channels post that and and put the hashtag college colors day along with it you can go to collegecoloursday.com and you can register to win some pretty cool prizes Uh, Tickets to the CFP National Championship game and other things are um, available if you happen to have Alexa. If you say uh, if you if you say Alexa, show me your college colors. Alexa will take you to um, the College Colors Day page. That's just a bunch of different ways, but really it's just a way to get behind college kickoff of football even though we have week zero already this is really the the culmination of the kickoff of that season show your pride on friday there's a number of places um, to get product and then for usf fans this is something that is a great beginning of something that we want to continue and that is the wear green program and so we're obviously trying to get a ton of green product into the marketplace. And I know the athletic department really wants to continue this on, not only in athletics, but across the the university, a a full campus effort across um, all three campuses, um, I think is important uh, for the wear green. So College Colors Day is just a great way to do that. So if you don't have a USF product on right now, go get it, take a picture of yourself, put it on social media, hashtag, College Colors Day, and then you can go win some prizes on collegecolorsday.com. Well, you heard the man, folks. Uh, <laughs> it's Friday's College Colors Day. Wear the green, put it out on social media, win some prizes, and obviously wear it to the stadium on Saturday when we take on uh, BYU. Uh, Corey, this has been a great education to us. And as in closing, I mean, with you being, again, a foremost authority on this side of the business, a uh, great supporter of, of USF and the college industry, I just like in your closing comments, you've touched on them a little bit, but just, again, we have some interested fans. They're passionate. They love what we have, but they want more. They want a greater variety. Just kind of summarize again, what's the best thing we can do 
uh, you know, we're growing, we want to get better, but uh, with you uh, as a partner and as an expert, we would just kind of value your closing yeah. thoughts. If you see it and you like it, buy it. If you don't see it where you would buy it, make sure that the retailer knows. It's very important. That feedback from the consumers to those retailers is extremely important. And it's really just that simple, Michael, because all of that stuff filters back to us, filters back to the retailers, filters back to the licensee. And now we can figure out how to make sure that those products are getting to the right places where USF fans want to buy them. So it's really that simple. All right, Corey. Well, this has been great to have you on Full speed ahead. We're, we're valued partners with CLC and really appreciative of your leadership and that of the, your team that works very hard on, on USF product. We hear you loud and clear. We're going to go buy some more product. We're going to go uh, ask for that, which we want more of, and we're going to be understanding of some of the uh, things that it can't be controlled currently with some shipping things. But but again, that's not the only excuse. We know we've got work to do. And we know we're, we're fortunate to have uh, hundreds of, of great licensees making product. We just got to uh, we got to buy it and hope they'll make more. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for allowing me to spend some time today. And and obviously, thank you so much for your your friendship and USF's partnership over the years. It's been it's been a it's been a great time and we got a lot more to do. Well, Corey, best to your family, best to your team at CLC and hope you have a great uh, a great season. All right. Good luck this weekend.